0: Maybe I'm crazy, but I think the Jets might be up to something.
1: Ooh, maybe. I'm case, maybe, I'm case, maybe I'm
0: Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. It is finally draft week. We have arrived. No more speculating, no more wondering, and no more rumors and leaks. We are finally going to find out what our squads are going to look like next season as far as the rookies go a lot of quarterbacks a lot of offensive linemen you got kyle pitts jamar chase it's gonna be an awesome fun draft i can't wait for thursday so we're gonna get into it with crazy gang heller donnie and t what i think is going to happen with the dolphins because there's some rumors now that mm, maybe they might still be in the quarterback conversation and of course what is san francisco going to do at number three so let's get started with heller Quidditch. Quidditch. What? We about to turn up in What's up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting today? Draft week has arrived. What'd you say? Draft week has arrived.
2: Oh, yeah, because I was getting, I was already getting hyped up to say,
0: ooh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's draft week. And this year, it's all about what my Niners are going to do with the number three overall pick. Sure uh, is. My, my group text threads are extra hypey right now. Uh, will it be McCorkle? Will it be Justin Fields or will the Niners take a flyer on Trey Lance? Only Kyle Shanahan and probably his dad, Mike, know who the pick will be. But here's my guess. Joy, with the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers will select Trey Lance. Win it or quit it.
0: Mmm. Mm. Spicy. It is spicy. But I'm going to go, no, uh, there's too We're much, dead. there's too much smoke. I quit it. I, I quit it. Uh, there's too much smoke around McCorkle. No. And uh, yeah, like I keep talking about you on the herd because Colin and I have been talking quite a bit about, you know, what
2: For real, I got to check that out.
0: What Niners fans feel about McCorkle. And I keep saying the Niners fans, I know, uh, in their group chats are not happy with this McCorkle move. Can confirm. If, if I was a Niners fan, I wouldn't be happy with McCorkle either. By the way, uh, it's Mac Jones. His real name is McCorkle. He's just been disguised as uh, Mac for all this yeah. time.
2: Re- return it's, of the Mac sounds better than Return of the McCorkle. I'll
0: yeah, Mac before. Jones. Mike Jones. His real name actually is Mike Jones. It's Mike McCorkle Jones. And he goes by Mac. All the jokes. So all of them. Yes. So we're going to call him McCorkle. Is mama call him McCorkle? I'm gonna call him McCorkle. <laughs> so McCorkle is, is not raising the feathers of the 49ers fans in a positive way. And,
2: and that, and that has ruffled Kyle Shanahan's feathers. It's safe to say with that press conference. No,
0: it has. And that's why I think Trey Lance has appeared as a, you know, oh well, we're still considering things. Here's the problem. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Right.
2: For a year. At least
0: But but Jimmy can't stay healthy for anything. So he only has trade value right now. If you put him out there and his mm. fragile self busts something else up, then he has no trade value whatsoever. Right now, there's still the, mm, well, you know, Jimmy was like in that Super Bowl not too long ago. And we know he's fragile, but maybe if he can keep it together for a year, maybe we can have That's the same time success. So they're going to try and trade Jimmy G. But trading Jimmy G leaves you without a, a a transition from your rookie number three overall pick into your season. So who, in theory, is ready to play right now? Well, that's 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 McCorkle in theory. Now look, I don't think McCorkle is like like. He, here's what we do know, right? We do know that there's five quarterbacks going to be taken in the first round, at least. Okay and they're not all gonna work it's just it's not it's never happened um it's not one of those things where like you know it, nothing is impossible like it's just not they're not all going can't, to
2: work can't win with them won't
1: do it it
0: won't it's not gonna work there's gonna be at least one that is a complete nutter utter bus maybe two are like okay maybe one works Baker. if i works yeah. like is a consistent starter and maybe one wins a super bowl at some point in their career like yeah When we're talking about first round quarterbacks, there's not that many first round quarterbacks that go on to win Super Bowls like it's not a lot so you know we, we really have to consider what it actually takes to be a quarterback in the league what it takes to come in right away and be successful, and what what the situation is with the 49ers Kyle Shanahan isn't on the hot seat but. He can't just chill. Like he can't develop a quarterback for the next three years. And I think Trey Lance needs at least a year because he hasn't played football in a Not while. Football? No, yeah. To develop into a starting NFL quarterback, which is fine. He deserves that. All these rookies deserve at least a year. But the problem is that division. You really need somebody who can play. And like, I don't know if outside of Trevor Lawrence, if you can really count on anybody coming in. Now, I was originally hearing that it was Justin Fields. His name has just disappeared uh, completely out of the conversation with the Niners. I think Justin Fields is actually the way to go. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not hearing it. So if I had to put my hard-earned money somewhere uh, on on what the Niners are going to do, I'm putting my dough on McCorkle.
2: Dang, Joy. You got more dough than me, too. This sucks. (laughs) So here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I'm still what I'm hopeful for. You covered the legitimate football analysis here. Now, let me just talk about Niners fans' fears and wants and desires and all those things. My hope is that Kyle Shanahan, uh, like his tight end George Kittle, who's got the sweet Joker tattoo on his arm, has a little bit of Joker to him. That press conference, there's something going on that I don't quite understand. And then when it all shakes out, the Niners are going to look like geniuses and other people are going to look stupid. That's my hope. But in reality, how I really feel about it is that um, I thought this was going to be fun. I thought that being the bell of the ball and everyone talking about you uh, was going to be exciting and new. Because normally, not normally, but of late, the Niners have been either – you know, pick or either having a quarterback and picking a D lineman. If they're early, we just haven't, we're not the Jaguars, you know, we're not used to just, we're not the jets. We're not used to just picking over and over and having our season end in April and be all about April. Like, you know, Steve Young, I got Steve Young behind me with Jerry Rice, because that's what we're used to. You know, that happened when I was seven years old, but it was, it was, it was really nice. So it was one of the greatest days of my life. So I say all that to say this, Let's just whoever we pick, let's not be back here. Let's not return to this place. This isn't for the first five picks aren't traditionally for legitimate franchises. And, you know, we've got five Super Bowl championships. So I don't think we need to be picking in the top five anymore. So whatever happens, Kyle, John, please make it work. Thank you. That is my, and that was my uh, Ted talk. All right. Um, Speaking of first round QBs, Tua Tongo-Vailoa remains the man in Miami. Uh, no disrespect to Dan Marino for the time being. Just yesterday, a co-worker asked me why you, Joy Taylor, were harshing the Dolphins fans mellow about Tua. Uh, so now I'll ask you this, uh, this question formatted to the structure of this segment. Joy. Tua can still be the Dolphins QB of the future with it or quit it. And that really happened before you go. That really happened. Uh, Someone who I know who works on the Fox lot was like, you got to tell joy as a Dolphins fan, take it easy on Tua. You know,
0: I will not take it easy on Tua. I will not. I will not. Uh, Sorry, Brad. Um, I'm not (laughs) going to take it easy on Tua. Tua's on the clock and here's why he was drafted
2: to a time, if you will.
0: Yeah, in the same draft as Joe Burrow, who Very good. looked amazing.
2: That's in your Cincinnati man, that? yeah.
0: Before he got injured. We don't even need to talk about what Justin Herbert is. So Beautiful. that's who that's who you're gonna be compared to for the rest of your career in your draft class if you're Tua. So he's so got a long me. way to go to get to that space. Now listen, I'm not rooting against Tua. I am okay. not. Rooting for Tua to fail. I don't know why what I'm saying keeps getting misconstrued. Is that I want Tua to be great. I want him to be Tom Brady, but I see is not trending in that direction. Now, listen, is it too soon? Yes. Uh, People are like, well, you know, you you you're giving Sam Darnold another chance. Like, yeah, I am giving Sam Darnold another chance because Sam Darnold didn't look that awful. For that long, like, yes, Adam Gase crushed Sam Darnold's career. And, and listen, sure. I wouldn't want, I want, I would, I would want to want Sam Darnold as a backup in Pittsburgh to learn from Ben Roethlisberger. If I was car- Carolina Panthers are still talking about taking a quarterback. So oh yeah. yeah that's yeah. He hasn't,
2: ben he's not, he hasn't on to, to devil's advocate, both sides, Sam Darnold isn't necessarily getting a second chance and two is on his first chance and he won. It wasn't pretty joy, but y'all won some football games now.
0: And we didn't and that didn't mean it didn't mean okay. wins matter. And, and, and they do matter. They do matter, but you didn't make the playoffs. And this is why, like, this is this is my this is my issue with dolphins sure. because I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So similarly to you, I know excellence. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to experience sports excellence
2: greatness on repeat being,
0: being a sports elitist if you will okay <laughs> i know what it likes to be a winner and so <laughs> i i don't i don't accept mediocrity as the as the base like it's it's not a space where i exist in comfort so dolphins fans are so used to being so bad that winning 10 games and not making it to the playoffs is like a big deal it's we not it. it's not and he got benched twice okay so fitzpatrick won some of those games <laughs> and the the, the the team didn't even fully commit to tua because he went back to fitzpatrick you didn't even let tua make the mistakes he needed to make i thought that they did a disservice to him last year and not allowing him to just play you didn't make the playoffs anyway what difference does it make find out what you have it. they him. were it's trying terrible, to they're trying to baby him into it, like this well, they, is big boy. This they big were boy really top. trying
2: to. They were really trying to walk the tightrope, uh, much like the Warriors did unsuccessfully with James Wiseman this year, where you're bringing someone along and still trying to be competitive. And those things don't, those things run into each other at the stop sign quite a bit.
0: They don't work and it's silly and it ends up wasting everyone's time. And then you don't have a full evaluation of what you're working with either. So just commit either way, either you're not going to commit to him this year and it's Fitzpatrick's team and he's going to come along and learn from him, or you're committing to Tua. I don't want to see Fitzpatrick again. It's silliness. And I think it did a disservice to him and it did a disservice to the team because now we really don't really know what we have in Tua. Now, we're only talking about this because it surfaced again that the Dolphins may still be in the quarterback conversation. Everyone now,
2: seems like they may be.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's just because they're still dangling their pick out there to get more picks or, or what the strategy is. Because yeah. I feel like they're fully committed to Tua. And listen, they should be fully committed to Tua. Yes, Tua deserves another year. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying I don't think it's going to become anything based off of what I saw last year. And I don't want to hear about Josh Allen. Josh Allen is an outlier. First of all, Josh Allen is a big, strong kid. Tua is not. Tua had multiple injuries in college, one catastrophic injury in college, and there's nothing physically spectacular about him. Josh Allen is a big boy. So even if he wasn't, even if he wasn't uh, going to be the world class that he is now, he is, still has the physical presence of someone who could develop into that. Also, Miami-A-Buffalo. Okay. So stop comparing it to organizations. Buffalo is way far away. There ain't nothing else going on up there. They can sit and wait and, and, you know, knit blankets and wait for Josh Allen to develop. You're not doing that in Miami. So you don't have three years. Like you don't, you don't have three years. And if the dolphins didn't have this pick, this wouldn't be a conversation, but they do have this pick. Like if we knew what we had in two way and we had this pick perfect. We don't. So the reason that this is even a conversation is because you have this pick because Bill O'Brien is the worst GM of all time. So, that's why the situation is even a conversation. So I'm not crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but
2: this is not
0: <laughs> this situation. It's fair to have the conversation about if two is the guy, we didn't see anything last year that showed he was, if you want to say he deserves more time. Sure. Of course. And they're going to give it to him this year. It appears that way as they should now, after this year, if he doesn't take a significant step up and show that he is the starting quarterback, I'm moving on. I'm sorry. You're not getting three whole years while you have the defense in place. While You're going to get more uh, offensive weapons for him to work with they're going to rebuild the offensive line so like he's going to have no excuses this year and if they get someone like Kyle Pitts like forget it so I I don't I don't think that he has as much time as some of these other quarterbacks like Josh Allen or Sam Darnold which Sam Darnold is no longer with his first team so I don't even know why people keep comparing him to Sam Darnold like Sam Darnold was with the Jets he just got traded so the Jets moved on from him
2: um what pick do the Dolphins have
0: they have six right now
2: they have six. Who do you want with that thing?
0: Kyle Pitts, If he's there, if not an offensive lineman.
2: Yep. That makes sense. But um, they'll, they'll, prob-
0: they'll probably take if, if Jamar chase doesn't go to Cincinnati, which it would be so Cincinnati for them to take a receiver when they clearly need an entire offensive line. Right. Um, but but if, they, if their if they quarter they have says,
2: seen their quarterback work play with that player though. Right. So it's like,
0: yeah. And he's had success, but they don't have an offensive line
2: and and their and, quarterback it, doesn't it, have a knee anymore because of it yeah that's a good point point.
0: and they're in the afc north so that's like you point. don't have your trenches figured out i just don't know what you're wasting your, your you know what i'm a player I, that when he's not gonna have time to throw it to him
2: i'm with you joy i've become a real uh, back in the day there was nothing i hated more than an offensive line pick and now that i'm a ripe 34 i really feel like give like get protect me for the love of for the love of p um Uh, very well uh, put together nuanced take but it wasn't unyielding support of Tua so obviously that was slander by you so sorry based on the internet rules you're still hating and and capping or whatever the kids say also I think uh, to be ironic I'm going to start a band and I'm going to name it the Miami Knitting Club what do you think about that
0: I mean it gets cold like twice a year in my yeah head. but even when it's
2: cold you're still at the club or at the beat like you're not trying to knit and that's the joke
0: uh yeah that's true well I don't know there might be some grandma's down there knitting
2: oh didn't see yeah. that didn't see that angle
0: yeah
2: yeah a it's not the sunburns. well it's not the it's not the West Palm Beach knitting club all right it's the Miami, well, yeah, it's club, Miami okay? yeah
0: that's true yeah yeah West Palm Beach doesn't have the same ring to it yeah. What's up, Donnie? What's going on in high-key, low-key this week? What's up? All right, high-key, the last time the Knicks
1: made the playoffs, you couldn't turn the radio on without hearing Starter from the bottom. That song, in my opinion, got super played out. But now New York's f-ing here, and they're actually fun to watch. Low-key, legendary Knickerbocker Charles Oakley recently called Julius Randle a better version of Zion. Joy, is this crazy talk, or does the oak tree have a point?
0: No, I love Charles Oakley. Yeah, adore charles oakley um but no uh let's calm down this is why knicks fans can't have nice things all right <laughs> you, you go too far all right you, you've won nine game win streak and all of a sudden uh zion williamson is not special and julius randall is the mvp um look they're having an incredible incredible season julius randall is uh, unbelievable I I did not think Thibodeau was gonna pull this off, and I've always always been a huge Knicks fan, Knicks supporter, uh, fan supporter. I think that the league is better when the Knicks are competitive because they do have this this air, like they'll say wild, unbelievable, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're great fan base, very loyal, good basketball fans. It's the mecca of basketball in New York. So I'm very excited that not only are the Knicks great, but obviously the Nets are great too. So you have two of the best teams in the East in New York City, which is awesome. And um, I know the Knicks fans don't want to be compared to the Nets, but like, look, it is what it is. It's New York City. This is the way it goes. Yeah. I love that the Knicks are back in it. I love that they're competitive. I love that, you know, we don't just treat them um, at this point in the season like a complete waste. They're developing a culture. And they're going to be a problem in the playoffs if, if it continues the way that the standings are now. So I love, love this for the NBA. I've been talking about this for years. It's why I get so upset with their owner and the nonsense that he pulls because I think he's really disrespectful to the fan base there
1: yeah. and
0: to the league and the way that he treats fans. And the way that he generally has run that organization. So I'm hyped for this. I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. And I I think they're really building something competitive and special there. And I hope that, you know, the owner doesn't come in and just throw a big uh, rotten hand sandwich on the whole plan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Throwing up his albums on the oh, on the plan, you mean. God. Hot garbage. Playing. <laughs> All right, high key. As we enter the home stretch of the regular season, Anthony Davis has returned after a couple of months off, and LeBron is not far from doing the same. Low key, with potentially just a few games to get the chemistry flowing before the postseason, should Laker fans be concerned about the team's chances of repeating?
0: Look, I think the Lakers are going to win the championship. Okay. That said, I am a little bit nervous. I know Lakers fans don't want to hear anything, but we're the most dominant things to ever hit planet earth. But look, this isn't the same as last year. The Clippers are very quietly, very good. Yeah. Not, they're not the, they're coming in with no expectations. Um, I still like the jazz. You have Brooklyn in the East. Like there's the, the Sixers are no joke. Like there's a lot of things that can happen. Now that said, uh, it's still LeBron James and I'm going to trust LeBron James until he gives us a reason not to. But this isn't the same situation as last year. Last year, they had a couple of months off because we were dealing with COVID. Nobody was injured. LeBron and AD haven't been out there because they've been injured. It's a big difference. Now they have an advantage over say a team like Brooklyn in that you know, Brooklyn's been injured they haven't had their big three play together. They haven't been able to establish any kind of chemistry. They don't know what they have in the postseason. They're a little bit like the Clippers of last year with better players, but the Lakers don't have to worry about the chemistry issues. It's just a matter of, are they going to be healthy throughout the playoffs? Cause LeBron and AD have to be 100% throughout the playoffs if they're going to win the championship this year. So assuming that they are great, but this isn't the same as last year. Last year was a break this year. They've been injured towards the yeah. end of the season And as we know, AD is going to take a little time to get back into the flow of things. It's not as simple as, oh, AD and LeBron are back. Like, you still have to get some kind of flow going before you head into the postseason. So I'm I'm still leaning Lakers. I'm not a crazy person, but I do think the Lakers fans have a a reason to be a little bit concerned. It would be reasonable to be a little bit concerned.
1: Yeah, you're not crazy if you're slightly concerned. I I just feel like, like you said, I I don't think chemistry is going to be be a big issue because i think chemistry is lebron's superpower i think he is the king of chemistry so like him coming back the team's gonna gel it's just whether or not they can stay healthy throughout the whole run
0: yeah but that's the key like is lebron gonna be healthy throughout the whole run because he generally is one of the most healthy superstars we've ever seen he's never injured but as of the last couple years he's had these little lingering injuries here and there so if he's available Perfect. Also, I don't mind if I sound crazy, then it's the name of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. We're good. (laughs) Drop. High key, there's drama in the MLB. After hitting
1: two home runs off of Trevor Bauer, Fernando Tatis Jr. did something every baseball purist hates. He celebrated. Low key, that wasn't what bothered the Dodgers pitcher, though. On his YouTube channel, Bauer analyzed the second home run and shows what he claims is Tatis peeking at the catcher before the pitch. Joy, you've seen the video. Was he peeking?
0: peaking but I like that Trevor Bauer said that he didn't like the or he didn't mind the celebrating um now look pitchers are going to find any way to try and justify why it wasn't legit and one of the ways that pitchers do this is by throwing at the the hitter um or the next time he's up yeah or his teammates if, if you celebrate too much and I have been complaining about the, uh, I've been complaining about this part of baseball for my entire life. I don't understand it. It has no value to me whatsoever. It doesn't even make sense when you look back on the history of baseball because baseball players have always been huge personalities. And what I think really changed was after the steroid era, um, pitchers kept getting shown up on home runs and they were like, yeah, we're not, we're not gonna keep doing this while you guys are roiding up and making <laughs> us look bad. You're gonna celebrate too, like too much. So that they started throwing at guys for celebrating. But here's the deal. Steroids are gone for the most part. And we're in a new era now. It's social media. You're competing with the NBA, which is highlight central the NFL is now loosened up on celebrations and posting highlights and posting content. You need content. And this, I'm not saying do it for social media because guys have been celebrating forever. I'm just saying lean into it. It's what, it's what makes sports fun. It's hard to do that. It's hard to hit a home run off of a major league pitcher. It's hard to do that. Bask
1: in it when you can You
0: say that you claim that it's the hardest thing to do in sports. Well, if it's the (laughs) hardest thing to do in sports then probably you should celebrate when you do actually do that thing. That's the hardest thing to do in sports. Agreed. I went to a, uh, world baseball classic game in Miami at Marlins park, probably like seven years ago or something, six or seven years ago. And it was the best baseball environment I had ever been in. And the guys that I talked to about it were like, yeah, that's like, that's what winter ball is. Like when you go to Venezuela and like, you go play baseball in other cultures, they actually enjoy the game and like celebrate and yell and cheer. And it's like a big energy environment. And I remember sitting there like, dude, this is so fun. Like, this is like being at a big time football game or like a college football game or like a NBA playoff game. Like there's so much energy in the, in the, in the, in the on the field in the stands like the park is just like pulsing yeah this is dope why aren't all baseball games like this like oh yeah because it's supposed to be this romantic square ass game that has all these unwritten rules <laughs> and that's not even what baseball is like it's not as baseball is internationally and it's not what baseball traditionally was it was big personalities it was brawls and like all kinds of crazy stuff and it's, they've they've tried to kind of mold it into this like gentleman's game, yeah, which is nonsense. And I'm really glad that Trevor Bauer said he wasn't mad at Tetsi for celebrating because that's what needs to happen. It needs to really it, it I honestly at this point I believe it's on the pitchers and the managers to stop saying corny stuff like blah, blah. Yeah. It's the way we play the game. Push
1: league.
0: <laughs> play the game the right way. <laughs> Unwritten rules. Like it's just so <laughs> whack. It's so whack. It's so old. It's so it's so not the identity of what baseball actually truly is at its core, which is the ultimate kids sport. Like that's the sport you play from the tiniest age and T-ball. So like yeah. lean into that. I love it. I love it for the sport. And I'm glad that Trevor said that.
1: Agreed. I'm all here for it. And I think we should retire the word or the phrase Bush league. I'm, 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 I'm over people calling people's actions, Bush league. What do you mean? Agreed. I'm, I'm over it. All right. Hi NFL Draft Week is finally here. Speculators, mount up. Loki and Joy, there's no better time than now to put on our speculating caps and give our wildest draft predictions. What do you got?
0: My wild draft prediction, um, based in nothing, but if it happens to come true, I will pretend that I didn't say that and I will boast about how right I am. Wild draft prediction. Zach Wilson doesn't go to the Jets. Ooh! The Jets have just been sitting here uh, playing everyone <laughs> and they're really going to take like Justin Fields and completely throw a just crazy bomb on the draft. So the Jets take Justin Fields and blow everyone's minds. Uh, second draft prediction, Kyle Pitts drops to like six or seven
1: seven is my yeah. team oh geez yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah uh Kyle Pitts drops and uh third draft prediction the Patriots this isn't really that edgy but the Patriots it is edgy for the Patriots the Patriots uh trade up and draft the quarterback
1: okay okay will you say which quarterback you think will will you put a name to that prediction well
0: since I since I went with Justin Fields uh so if Justin Fields goes to uh the jets, the jets as yeah. i have just predicted so then mac mac's gonna go to well yeah see then zach see that's gonna mess it up so zach wilson sorry right, so if that's the prediction <laughs> no i'm not gonna put a name on it it's too okay
1: much. okay yeah too much yep. thinking just keep too it broad
0: going we yeah, keep it broad and Kyle Pitts doesn't drop for any other reason than Cincinnati uh takes Jamar Chase
1: okay it's and, like logistics yeah he falls and because my, of logistics
0: Yeah, and Miami takes uh, a offensive lineman and Atlanta trades out of the four spot and someone takes a quarterback there.
1: Okay, maybe the Patriots.
0: Maybe. Uh, The only one I really feel good about though is the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) I have a wild prediction, but I feel like it's not that wild. And it's that
1: Justin Fields will fall and he will fall to number seven and the Lions will take Justin Fields and he'll sit for a little bit behind Jared Goff
0: and i don't know 10%. i just it's not like what the lions need I, I mean i guess you could do that but like it's just i don't, I don't know lions need he's so there. much more stuff
1: yeah you're um, right as we normally do no i mean
0: they yeah like there's been some talk that could happen but yeah that's why I it's not fact that crazy they, they should take a quarterback i mean they should not take a quarterback we'll see hey t what's going on in the culture <laughs> report this week
3: Hey, so the Oscars was this past Sunday, and Regina King and Andrew Day were my favorite. They were to me, they were the best dress. Everybody looked gorgeous, Angela Bassett and everybody. But man, Regina King, and Andrew Day, just I just I, I like I would wear those two dresses. Unbelievable.
0: Um, well, I would love to wear that. It's not gonna look like that on me, but she, wow, like Regina, wow, oh wow, from I mean, head to toe. She always like she is a red carpet killer but like that look was incredible
3: it was even the makeup and the hair she just looked good from head to toe but always. Yeah, it was an yeah.
0: amazing look. I agree. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I definitely love the show, though. I love the fact that, that Union Station, it was that was actually kind of cool. Um, I've never seen Nomadlands, but clearly it was their night. They won three awards. Uh, I know Chloe uh, Zhao bet, won Best Director. She's the first woman of color. And then the second woman to ever win, which was amazing. Uh, my favorite speech was uh, that Supporting Actress winner. Uh, it's Yu Jung Yun. She's the first Korean actor, actress to win that category. I absolutely loved her speech. I instantly became a fan. And I just love how she mentioned like all women in the category are winners. They're not in competition. Her little fangirl moment with Brad Pitt was like the cutest thing ever. I've never heard of Minari, but I'm excited to watch it because I just loved her. So I plan on doing that this week. <laughs> um, Daniel Kulia's speech was also incredible. I just love how he acknowledged like all the other nominees in such like a beautiful way um you can definitely hear how grateful he was to win um and it was just so well deserved because clearly he killed it as Fred hampton um and, def- and the order was a little different the last award of the night went to anthony hopkins for best actor and i know i had a lot of people like on edge because they were like well they felt like Chadwick Boseman should have won because he has been winning everything so i, I know it was like a big shock but um I mean, come on, Anthony Hopkins is such a phenomenal actor. And I love how he gave his speech and even paid his respects to Chadwick on his Instagram. It was just super classy. Um, but did you have any other favorite moments from the Oscars?
0: I actually did not like the Oscars this year. Uh, and apparently I was in a lot of company because they had the worst ratings ever. Uh, cataclysmic drop in ratings. But I have a, a couple of theories as to why. Um, because I do love the Oscars and I happen to be somebody who likes watching award shows. I know there is like this segment of society now that's like, eh, Hollywood, is but I still enjoy them. I like fashion. I like seeing the speeches. And if I'm invested in certain shows and movies, I like seeing them win because it validates like, Oh, like I have good taste. So I like watching it. Um, I did love Daniel Kalua's speech. It was hilarious seeing his mom react in perfect mom fashion what's he going on about after he starts talking about her sex life with his father which was so wild but it's like <laughs> such a great authentic moment his speech was really amazing and really heartfelt so i loved his speech i love that soul one because i that movie was well timed for me this year Um, but overall, I just feel like it lacked that feeling of the Oscars and like, I didn't even know they were on, like there was no real like promotion to me that they were coming up. Um, so I thought the pre-promotion wasn't very good. And I just, I didn't mind it being in Union Station, but it needed a host like of all the years that you needed to have a host for the Oscars this year was definitely necessary. It just kind of lacked some energy. I would have liked some performances of the songs from the top movies. I felt like that would have moved things along a little bit more, especially because it was so small and intimate. You want to make, you want to do some dramatic moments, like lower the lights and do, you know, one of the songs or, you know, have a like poetry or I don't know, something like, something that makes it feel like there's like the, like a pulse of the show. It just kind of felt like a graduation for a bunch of people I didn't care about for most of the time. So I loved Daniel's speech and I loved the Oscars. The fashion was still amazing, but overall I just kind of felt like it wasn't, I actually preferred the ones ones that were on Zoom. Like I preferred the Emmys where you had hosts in like the only ones who were on set and everyone else was at home. I got to see people's homes. People were like genuinely excited. It was almost like draft night or something. Like everybody was in the house celebrating and you still got like the big energy feel because the the actual hosts were on set. So weirdly, I thought that those shows were more watchable to me um, than the Oscars this year. So I was actually pretty disappointed, but I also feel like one thing about the Oscars this year that probably hurt them as far as the ratings go we didn't go to the movies last year. So, you know, it's like, it's hard, especially for me, who is an avid moviegoer to not see these movies in the theater, because I would go to the movies like once a week. So I would see all the big movies. And then you, you know, you, you know, that feeling like when you leave a theater and you're like, oh, like, you know, when you saw Black Panther, like, you know, like you, you leave the movie theater feeling like I was a part of this movie in a kind of a way. When you watch it at home, even if it's an amazing movie, it doesn't have that same pizzazz, you know? Yeah. And like, when it's your movie, then you're like, no, I love this movie. Like you need to see this movie. It's so good. And I it moved me emotionally and like, whatever. I just feel like we kind of lost that this year because we weren't in the movie theaters and we were watching a lot of shows. Like, you know, a lot of people are binging shows. They weren't necessarily watching movies. And so that kind of stole a little bit of the, yeah, I mean, me for sure. So that kind of stole a little bit of the movie energy this year. So I think that hurt the Oscars too. So I think there's ways they can bounce back. Like, I don't think the Oscars are over, but I definitely think they need to get over this no host thing. Like they need a host. It's very important to keep the energy going and keep the, the pr- product moving Um, and like, can we just, can we turn it up? Questlove did an amazing job. Like he's the best, obviously, but I could have used some live performances and I do think it not being in the movies hurt.
3: Heart yeah it's like the third year in a row that they haven't had a host but, but you're you're right they, they need one and they need a host and there was no i mean i only knew about the oscars because a friend of mine texted me like hey are you watching the oscars tonight And i'm like oh that's tonight i
0: was like sure why not you no, know i did not but- know i recorded them <laughs> like i didn't i didn't even watch live so it was, i'm like fast forwarding through them yeah Through the parts i didn't care about i'm like this is not like a compelling show right now but they'll bounce back they'll be fine yeah
3: absolutely so on the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale, um, it was announced that Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackey, is going to be the new Captain America. And I know in the, the end of Avengers Endgame, like you see Steve pass the shield to Sam Wilson, but I'm happy to see that he like has decided to accept because he, you know, he gives up the shield. So um, what was this a shock to you seeing that he decided to like take on like being the new Captain America?
0: No, because like that's kind of the story throughout the, the show is like his conflict with taking up the shield and like what that means, and you know, like his personal journey of becoming that face and that not character, but you know, it, it's a symbol, right? And so throughout the show, it's a it, they do a really good job of. I think diving into some, some of the identity issues that we as Black people have with this country that we love, but doesn't always love us back. And there's a lot of stories throughout the show that reflect that. And, you know, the just the military experience of going and fighting for your country and then coming back and you don't have the same rights as the people that you were, you know, whose lives you were saving out on, you know, the battlefield. So it it didn't surprise me that that's how it, uh, that he ended up doing it. Um, But man, I, I really love the show. Like it's, it's such a good show. And I love Marvel, but this show really got dark. Like my God, there are some moments in this show. I'm like, oh, oh my God! Like the 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 uh, knockoff Captain America they had out there, they shot it out there. I mean, he knew he was going to turn, but man, it was there was like some real slaughters in this uh, in this show. But I loved it. I'm I'm here for it. I can't wait for the next season. And uh, you know. Anthony Mackie is the best and this like I mean Winter Soldier is amazing so there's just like all the best characters and great storylines in the show so um I loved it but I I'm going to it'll be interesting to see how they build on it from here
3: yeah I love Anthony Mackie as an actor so I was excited but I, I never, I never even watched the show, but now that he's Captain America, I'm like one of the late ones. That's like, okay, now I'm going to watch it and see.
0: <laughs> wow. It's, no, you will. You'll like it. You'll like it. It's really, um, it's a, it's a good show. It's an easy watch. Like I like easy watch shows that are like, okay, I, I can just watch the show, enjoy it. It's not going to give me anxiety, like Black Mirror or Handmaid's Tale. Like sometimes I just need like a good, well-acted well-written entertaining show and that is that's really what it is and it has like some great inner like woven storylines to it as well you'll like it you'll binge it in one day because that's what you do
3: yeah that that is exactly what I do I started snowfall by the way and oh yeah I I made it to episode I, I got through seven episodes in one day I actually had to stop
0: yeah T has an issue if you don't know this where she'll do things like that yeah like it's yeah that's a lot. It is. Snowfall's great show, though. It's a great show. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next week after the draft. Maybe I'm Crazy, Maybe I'm not. Oh!